Do you need a break? You read my mind. Come with me. Come with me on another journey through the world of geeks. I am Father Roderick. I am a priest and a geek, and I love to share with you my passion for Star Wars, anime, fantasy, books, video games, and all that. And I hope you enjoyed it too. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. There is some exciting Star Wars news this week. History of the Galaxy Parts 1, 2, and 3. One being the best, of course. I still have those stories in my archive memory. Would you like to hear one? Your choice. Very well. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. So what is this Star Wars news, you ask? Well, there is a possibility... And it's all still speculation, nothing has been confirmed. But there are rumors now and indications that in the future, sometime in the future, I don't know if it's the near future or in 10 years from now, but that we may get a Kylo Ren-themed Star Wars movie. Nothing will stand in our way. I will finish what you started the dark side and the light nothing will stand in our way well nothing will stand in our way maybe Lucasfilm will stand in our way maybe all sorts of other circumstances will stand in the way uh, between us and this potential Kylo Ren-based movie. So where does this, this idea come from? This is actually from director Sean Levy, who is uh, the director of the upcoming Deadpool 3 movie, but also someone who directed, uh, of course, my all-time favorite kind of horror f- science fiction show, Stranger Things. And uh, he was also the director of um, The Atom Project, which featured Ryan Reynolds, just like Deadpool, and um, Free Guy, which was this story about an a, a, a NPC in a video game, who, and he doesn't realize, also played by Ryan Reynolds, doesn't realize uh, that he is actually part of a computer game. And I, oh, I really, really love everything that, uh, that Sean Levy has done so far. And what I had totally forgotten is that he had been approached by Disney to direct a Star Wars film in the future. Now, the reason that I forgot about this is, first of all, I've got a bit of a scatterbrain, but also because after that we got the announcement of the three next Star Wars movies that we are going to see. So one is going to be um, about the, the, the ancient past of the Star Wars galaxy, so the earliest time that the... Uh, that the people in that galaxy discovered the Force. Um, so I'm, I'm very curious about that one, obviously. Then there is uh, the movie about what happened to Rey after the events of the sequel movies. So apparently she is going to be building a new Jedi Academy and the, the one who will uh, tutor a new generation of Jedi. That is very cool. We'll be able to see some... Uh, get some resolution on some of the story threads that unfortunately um, The Rise of Skywalker didn't truly uh, wrap up. 
And then, of course, there is the big Dave Filoni movie that will bring all the story threads from the... Um, uh, the Mandoverse, as they call it. So it's the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett and uh, also Ahsoka more recently together in one big movie, probably with Thrawn as the main villain. Um, and because all those three movies seem to be already in production and we know that we get two of them, um, I think in 2025, if I'm not mistaken, and then one more the next year after. I totally forgot that there's actually another movie um, being developed by Taika Waititi and that they had also announced this um, Sean Levy directed and written movie about Star Wars. So uh, what's the reason that this is back in the news? It is because Sean Levy was interviewed on, I think on a podcast and I've got an article here um, and I'm just going to quote some of the stuff that was said. Um, so Last November, we heard that um, he was in line to direct a new Star Wars movie for Lucasfilm, um, but no word about it afterwards. They didn't mention it at all at the Star Wars celebration in London earlier this year. So um, he's done an interview, not on a podcast, with with the, with Variety, which of course is is quite a a publication. It's a, that's quite a platform. So I'm pretty sure that he first had to talk with Lucasfilm and Disney about this and what he could say or not. Um, the um, uh, the the project is still in development. Of course, everything has been in a standstill because of the writer strike and the still ongoing actor strike. So of course, it's very difficult to make any specific plans as long as at least the actor strike is still going on. But um, according to that interview with Variety, Levy said that he is planning to start working on the film after he will finish production on Deadpool 3. Deadpool 3 it was in, uh, in progress. They had started filming, but then because of the writer strike and the actor strike, uh, they had to suspend um, that work. But hopefully as soon as the actor strike is also over and resolved in a, in a good way for the actors... Um, they can they can finish work on that. So that's probably still, I mean, you're talking about two more years, right? Uh, because you've got one year of shooting and then you usually have at least a year of of post-production. Um, and and of course, that that's when everything goes well and there's no other pandemic or, or other disaster that may uh, halt things uh, even more. So once he has finished production on Deadpool 3, uh, Sean Levy is... Uh, going to start working on this Star Wars movie. Now, of course, they tried to prod him for details. So what's that story going to be about? What are you going to do? He did note that uh, Kathleen Kennedy, of course, the head of Lucasfilm, made it clear that he would have um, the creative freedom to make any type of Star Wars movie that he wanted, which is pretty amazing to give someone such a broad license he could basically come up with any idea and lucasfilm would back it here's the exact quote of the article when kathy kennedy brought me on board to make a star wars movie her central mandate to me was i want a sean levy movie i want a story and a tone that reflects you and your taste and what you bring to your movies with a star wars story so i have felt extremely empowered 
We are in early days, unfortunately, because the development process was abruptly paused due to the strike. But I feel very empowered to trust my instincts in the development of this story and movie. The way he talks about this makes me believe that he already knows what the movie is going to be about. And uh, even though this might still be in the conceptual phase and, you know, kind of working out the, the story, um, he must have an idea what he wants to do. Otherwise, he wouldn't mention this. If it's still completely, uh, you know, non-existent, he has no idea what he's going to do, then you're not going to bring this up in an interview. So my feeling is that, um, especially if he wants to start working on this the moment he's done with the work on Deadpool. Now, of course, in, in post-production, as a director, your work is different. Um, you can probably do something next to you know, sitting in at the editing sections and because a lot of the work uh, in post-production is outsourced to all sorts of different um, people and and companies. You've got special effects people, you've got the audio people, you've got the, you know, marketing people. So, of course, as a director, you want to keep tabs on that process and there's still a quite an important role for the director in deciding, you know, how the movie ultimately will turn out. But, I bet you that as soon as filming is completed on Deadpool, he's going to start, you know, working seriously on on writing that movie. And then, of course, huh, you can write a wonderful story, but you also have to have actors. You, and especially if this is um, in, in, in part of the existing Star Wars chronology, and you want to work with pre-established characters, Disney will need time to uh, to arrange a contract and a time frame during which this movie can be filmed and produced. So one rumor that did the rounds earlier this year claimed that his film would be about Adam Driver's Ben Solo, Kylo Ren. And this could be either a prequel to the sequel movies. That sounds a bit weird. It's like a prequel to the sequels. Um, but it would tell the earlier story of Kylo. Of course, what we first meet Kylo Ren, he's already under uh, control of, um, of uh, Snoke. Um, he's got these, this, this kind of mysterious band of warriors, but we, we don't hear that much. We hear, of course, the story from uh, Luke's perspective about how he um, got in trouble at the Jedi Academy, but even those details are very sparse. Now, I don't know if they developed, they probably did develop this also in the expanded universe and in comics, uh, but I don't think that will um, be an impediment to to making a like a, a movie based on, let's say, the a, a couple of years before the start, before the the Force Awakens. I would love to have a movie that is just focusing on Kylo Ren and uh, how he turned into the guy that we meet at the start of of the Force Awakens. I think it's a very, very good, interesting character. Um, and you could probably develop a, a very cool arc, uh, which would in additionally also give more depth to the sequels. There were, of course, a number of things in the sequels due to the way these movies were made that were very underdeveloped, especially his relationship with Snoke. Snoke is such a, a missed opportunity. He seemed to be a formidable villain in the first and the second movie, and then... He's gone, and then in the third movie, it turns out it, it was a nothing burger. Can you say that of a Sith Lord, that it's a nothing burger? Anyway, so 
I would really like to see a bit more of Snoke and Kylo's relationship, which may actually be able to kind of fix uh, at least that part of the sequel movies. Um, so <laughs> this rumor seemed to be so weird. Okay, so and the other option is uh, more more unlikely that it would be a story after the sequel movies, but we all know what happened to Kylo Ren or Ben Solo at the end of the third sequel movie in The Rise of Skywalker, so they would probably have to come up with some kind of force trickery to... to I mean, they did it with Darth Maul. How many times did Darth Maul die and became alive again? I, I don't see it. There's any reason uh, why they couldn't do that with... Uh, with Kylo as well. But I would say, since we already get Rey's adventures um, in uh, her years as the the head of the, the new Jedi Academy, I think it would be a little bit too much to also do a, like a sequel movie about Kylo Ren. Plus, if he's no longer a villain, you know, what's the point? What's the point? Uh, so I would be very much in favor of a prequel to the sequels. Now, that is still a weird rumor, but Levy is actually very good friends with Adam Driver. So they asked him about it in this Variety interview, and he replied, as you know, Adam is a buddy, and I've always been a huge fan of Kylo Ren. But no comment. And I'm thinking, hmm, no comment here sounds a bit like, um, this is a comment, but I'm just, covering my bases, I don't want Disney to fire me. So, no comment, but you actually might be right. I wouldn't be able to tell you. I'd have to probably unleash the Dark Force uh, and, 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 and throw you in, I don't know, some kind of death pit if I... Um, or he would probably get the, the, the dark side wrath of Disney uh, <laughs> on, on him if he would uh, uh, say anything about uh, the, the theme of the, the topic of this next movie. But I'm thinking, you know what? These, these rumors, it, it makes so much sense. And I actually think that Adam Driver has said that he would be open for more Star Wars work. Uh, and his only requisite would be that the, the story would be good. Why would he say that if he is, you know, no longer supposed to be around in that galaxy after the sequel? Unless, at the time when he said that, he already had an inkling that, well, maybe my buddy, you know, Levy might, he might have an idea for the future. So, let me also signal to Disney that, hey, in case you really want to do a Kaido Ren movie, uh, I'm still here. You know, my character maybe is no longer there. Um, but... I'm available, and you know what? They could also do like a Force Ghost movie, right? Just, I don't know. We've never really explored the Force Ghost world. Maybe, I don't know. Now, that's probably not a good idea to do a movie with just Force Ghosts. It would be very innovative, but I'm not sure if that would be worth watching. <laughs> but these are my thoughts. Let me know what you think. Would you like to see... Um, a, a Kylo Ren Star Wars movie? Have you any other suggestions as to what a guy like... Uh, uh, what's his first name? Um, <laughs> um, Sean. Sean Levy could do. I, I, I would also really like a kind of free guy type of movie where it, the tone is definitely a lot lighter. It's actually more a bit of a comedy. And 
we've never had a good Star Wars comedy. There's always a bit of comedy in every Star Wars movie and story. But to have, like, a proper comedy? Sure, why not? I don't think that Kylo Ren would be the best character to star in a comedy, though. I, You know, no, let's not do that. Didn't he do the Saturday, life, Saturday Night Life skit? Where he's, like, this, this undercover boss who is visiting his own... His own ship. I mean, that was enough comedy for that character. That was already a bit hard to watch. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just curious. Let me know your thoughts, as always, in the comments. I would uh, love to talk about this sometime in the near future. The most beloved fantasy story of all time. It is the tale of a small hobbit and the great wizard who appeared to him one day. Dude, check it out. Go like that way, and then up this one mountain, and then kill all the hippies you come across. No, no, I'm searching for a dragon's treasure. I'm the wizard, you're the dwarf, and you will respect my authority. I am no dwarf. All right. <laughs> Can you believe that it is 20 years ago that we saw the first Lord of the Rings movie? It's so incredibly... <laughs> still fresh in my mind i i can still go back to those to those times that i was in a movie theater and watching those movies for the first time and i back then i had no idea how important those movies would become to me and to so many other tolkien fans all over the world but it's been 20 years and uh and of course it it, it was kind of the start of a complete revival of of Middle Earth mania, and we've seen so many fruits after that. Also, a little bit of a you know exaggerated Hobbit production. Three movies was a bit too much, but I'd rather have three mediocre movies than than nothing at all. Well, they weren't mediocre; they weren't just at the level of quality of the Lord of the Rings. So, twenty years ago, Lord of the Rings first premiered. And now in my country, in the Netherlands, uh, one of the big, the biggest uh, cinema company is bringing back the Lord of the Rings to the big screen. And not just the big screen, but the gigantic screen. They're going to, for the first time, at least in my country, going to show the IMAX version of the trilogy. So these are not the ex the extended versions because they were never upscaled to IMAX quality. But I think it was... Was it last year? Two years ago? They actually did a, a um, remastering, and Peter Jackson, I think, was also involved in that, uh, to, to make sure that this would look amazing in IMAX. And, of course, as you know, IMAX is not just the image, um, but it's also the audio. So the movie was made remade, well, not remade, but re-edited and, and, and polished and upscaled and whatnot to, uh, to fit the IMAX uh, experience. Now, there are only, I think, four or five IMAX theaters in my country, most of which are very far away from where I live. So you've got one in Amsterdam, The Hague, Rotterdam, Tilburg, I think. So none of those are anywhere close to where I live. So I might have to figure out a way. But this would, for me, would be so... I would so love to see those movies again in a theater even though it's probably going to be quite a marathon to watch all those movies. I, I've, I've seen the three movies once in a row. Uh, that was like an eight-hour experience, I think. In total, it was excruciating. It was really hard to stay awake. But 
this is a movie that is worth watching on the big screen, let alone, you know, watching it in IMAX. The world is changed. And some things that should not have been forgotten were lost. But the ring of power has a will of its own. Evil is stirring in Mordor. The ring has awoken. Sarum needs only this ring to cover all the lands of darkness. What must I do? The ring must be destroyed. Cast back into the fires of Mount Doom. I know what hunts you. They're coming. They will find the ring and kill the one who carries it. You have my sword. My bow. And my axe. You carry the fate of his all, little one. This task was appointed to you, and if you do not find a way, no one will. Let us hope that our presence may go unnoticed. They are coming. Even the smallest person can change the course of the future. I'm glad you're with me. Best, best fantasy movies ever made. Oh my gosh, so... Epic. Imagine seeing the Mines of Moria on an IMAX screen or, or Rivendell or even that famous fight with the Balrog. And it's just insanely beautiful as it is. But I cannot wait to see this on the big screen. So I'll let you know if I can figure out a way to, um, you know, to, to go watch this. I'm pretty sure that a lot of the tickets will already be gone. And I'm, I only discovered this the other day, so I, I may be late, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, and otherwise, I'll just have to watch it on my on the small screen of my of my big TV. And I'll just sit very close to the screen and imagine that I'm in the movie theater. But, but this is one of the reasons that I actually really, really uh, hope to get my hands on one of those, you know, newer VR headsets, preferably the Apple one. Because then you wouldn't need to go to a big IMAX theater. You can just put on your VR headset and then watch it on a gigantic screen. But the resolution isn't there. I've got the original Quest, so not the Quest 2. That resolution, I've tried to watch some of the Netflix movies. And after a while, you you tend to forget that you're watching in in VR because you're just... it's a, It feels as if you're sitting in a movie theater... But it's just the resolution is so low. It's as if you're watching like a DVD, um, but on projected on a huge screen. So it does give you that sense of scale, but it doesn't give you the visual nor the audio quality that you would get in a real theater. But I think ultimately we will get there. We will get there. Japanimation. Yeah. Ah! Ah! Cool. 
This is the jingle for my anime segment. Of course, I am very, very uh, much uh, on board with uh, this whole world of anime that I've only recently discovered. It, it's hard to believe that it's only about a year ago that um, I started to make TikTok vi videos. And at first, they were about Star Wars. They were about Lord of the Rings. And then there was this Batman movie. And I started to do some TikToks on, you know, did you notice kind of all the biblical symbolism in the in this this newest Batman movie. And then in the comments, I remember there was someone who said, but have you ever watched this anime series called Neon Genesis Evangelion? And I was like, I don't know if that's for me. I just like anime, seriously. It's like such a foreign world to me. I never really cared for it. Never read manga either. So... Yeah, I don't know. And and then other people started ch to chime in in the comments. Oh, Father, you would like it. It's like completely crammed with, with biblical symbolism. And maybe you could do some videos about it. So that that kind of <laughs> made me curious. And I started to watch it. Well, and the rest is history. I discovered a whole new world of storytelling and a incredible variety of different types of anime and now i'm hooked and now i'm doing videos and i've got this huge following of anime fans um even though i've only seen a few things and uh, a lot of the requests are like oh can you please do a series about this this particular series or about that movie and i am only you know gradually ever every once in a while i'll start a new series so last week on the show, I did um, my top five of, of anime series that I'm currently enjoying. And to that list, I want to add two more anime series. One a, a little bit older and one extremely recent um, that I actually quite enjoy. The first one is called Bleach. And um, I couldn't find a trailer for the actual series, which I think is on Netflix, at least in my country. Um but I did find a trailer for a four-film collection, which I guess is a little bit what they did, like what they did with Evangelion. Um, they uh, took the story from the television series and and then just um, turned it into uh, a couple of, of Blu-ray movies. So here's the trailer for that movie collection. Substitute Soul Reaper, Ichigo Kurosaki, has discovered an entryway to the Valley of Screams through the world of the living and has gone there to rescue the Shinanju. I made a promise that I'd protect her and I swore it on my soul! Okay, let me first explain a little bit what's going on because there's a lot of screaming here going on! And of course, this is the English dubbed version. This is all, the originals are all in Japanese. Um, but for many people, it's, it's kind of hard to read subtitles. Um, here in my country, we're used to that because we, we always watch movies in the original language. So we were very good at reading subtitles and watching the movie. But for an English-speaking audience, it's much easier to just have a dubbed version. So a lot of these animes have these English versions, which sometimes are a little bit weird because... I don't know, there's something about the Japanese language which... Um, it's, uh, it's impossible to translate there. It's not just the words. It's also the way in which things are said and the emotional impact of um, uh, certain ways of speaking, which are foreign to, um, let's say, a more North American audience. Anyway, it still, you know, it still works. So the, the, this story is about a guy um, who, dis who actually knows that he's been able to see dead people. So it's a little bit like the sixth sense. And uh, most people don't see dead people, but he does. And he's actually um, 
trying to protect those souls to a certain extent. Um, so the first, very first episode starts with him uh, beating up a, a group of, of skateboarders. They, they look like criminals, but apparently for the move for the story's sake, well, all skateboarders are, are, are dangerous criminals and they look like old guys, but anyway. And, and the reason that he beats them up is that they have um, uh, kind of defiled um, a, a memorial site for a girl who died, in, I think, in a traffic accident. And so there was this vase with flowers and then they ran over that vase and, and all the flowers are everywhere. And he's like, no, this is a memorial for this poor girl and you guys need to be more careful and therefore I will just beat you to a punch, which is what he then does. But that's only the beginning because then it turns out He's visited by this girl from another dimension and she presents herself as being a soul reaper. And I think that her job is to help souls that are stuck on Earth to move to the Soul Academy, which is kind of like the afterlife. And then there are these demons. I don't know if it's the demons that are... Still stuck here. But anyway, so her her job is basically to uh, make sure everybody gets to the hereafter in, in the version of this, this universe there. And then um, uh, they are she is attacked, I think, and then she transfers her powers to the guy who turns out is much more powerful than she anticipated. And then the two of them fight demons together or something like that. Um, it's actually quite enjoyable. This sounds really weird, but um, well, that it that's that's some of the anime is like that. We have evidence that Captain Hitsugaya is guilty of treason. Execute him. Get ready to fight Ichigo. He's coming. Am I supposed to know you? Think Rukia. Ah, it's Rukia, me, that's Ichigo. her name. In their minds, I simply don't exist. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to hell. And it all ends in this big apocalyptic hell battle or something with the biggest demons. Um, it, a lot of it is kind of tropey. It's, now it's tropey, but it's because a lot of modern-day anime is inspired by Bleach. And Bleach is not that old. I think it was originally... No, I, I don't even know. I should research this. But I don't think it's that old, but it's not the most recent series. Uh, it's very enjoyable, and according to some of my followers, there would be some material in there that I could comment upon as a priest. Um, you know, Although, from, from judging from the first part of the story, um, it's mostly just, yeah, there are these souls and then there is some kind of undefined afterlife and then there are demons. So it's still a little bit, um, I don't know, it's not very deep. It's not, it's not like Evangelion, but you know what? Maybe I'll come up with some ideas. Now, that's the first series that I'm currently watching. And the second one is brand new. I don't have an English trailer for it. It hasn't been translated yet. But I'm watching this on uh, on Crunchyroll, and this is actually right now my favorite anime series because this is about a world that I'm very familiar with, the world of MMORPGs. But not just MMORPGs uh, on a computer screen, but in 3D, in VR. We're starting to get video games like that. I remember on the Quest, I have this one RPG or MMORPG RPG where, you know, it's like a regular 
MMO. You just do quests and you get rewards. You level up your character. You find gear and weapons and whatnot. And there are other characters in the game. Um, and it is still, you know, it looks very, very primitive because the graphic capacity of the of the of the quest is not very good uh, but apparently they're still developing this game um so over time this may be a little bit like world of warcraft where you know a few years from now this game will be unrecognizably beautiful but right now it's i mean i i, I played it for a while and i was like yeah i don't know it's a little bit too much of a downgrade it's almost as if i'm playing this on the playstation one um but it's it's coming and so in this particular anime series um we are in the near future and VR gaming is all the rage. Nobody plays regular video games anymore. I don't think phones exist anymore. Everybody plays games on their VR headset. And you have this guy and, and his hobby is to play what he calls, forgive me the words, crappy games. So games that are like cheap, uh, full of bugs. Uh, the developers have stopped fixing the game and for some reason, it's probably because these games are super cheap, he likes to play those games. And because there's so many bugs, uh, it becomes like a challenge to finish the game because a lot of these games are impossible to finish. So even though he plays these crappy games, he does get very good at them over time. And then one day he's like completely burned out on that one of those other games that is so bad. And he goes to his favorite um, video game store and the owner tells him, well, why don't you try this new game? It's, it's a very good game. It's one of the most popular. Millions of people are playing this. And why don't you try it out? And he tries it out and you be become part of his discovery of this big Zelda-like world where because he is actually very good at playing difficult games, games that were just not very well done, he actually turns out to be very good at this game. And then there's this girl who is in love with him or like platonically in love with him in the real world. And she is trying to find him in the virtual world. But she is a very advanced player. She's been playing that game for, for I don't know, maybe a year. So she's like super high level. And yet she is totally unable to to keep up with him and to find him. So it's also a bit of a love story in VR and it's full of of MMORPG type of language and situations and it's I I don't know, it's just so everything is so relatable if you play these games. So here's the original Japanese trailer. I will read the subtitle so you get an idea of what is said. <laughs> So this is the conversation where, do you have any more crap games? And she's like, well, why don't you try this uh, Shangri-La Frontier game? It's actually quite good. Shangri-La Frontier. So Shangri-La Frontier, it's a weird title for a game. But anyway, that's, that's, the, that's the, the title of, the, of this non-existent game. And he's like to show me the power of this god game and compared to the crappy games that he's been playing. So he calls this a god game. It's like the best you can get. And then he, he dresses up like this... <laughs> He, he spends all his money that normal gamers would spend on gear 
he spends it on on agility. And so he has no more money to buy a decent suit. So he walks around like half naked, like he's just wearing trousers, and he, he doesn't want to be recognized in the game because there are other players. And so he puts on this kind of like bird, strange bird mask. It, it looks ridiculous. <laughs> I can run! I can grab! I can climb! It's so big! This elation... I, I gotta stop the, the thing here to read the subtitles. This elation of entering a new world is something you can't get in the real world! This is the god game, Shangri-La Frontier! Shangri-La Frontier! Finally, something I can sink my teeth into. Countless monsters and powerful rivals await. And he's like challenging the game. Do you have it? Is this all you've got? And then all of a sudden there's this huge like end boss that appears, this big dark wolf that is like the size of a skyscraper. And he's like, uh, I think I got more than I wish for. <laughs> this is the real I never enjoyed a game this much. It's, I love it. In Japanese, it sounds like it's like, and then you read the subtitles. I never enjoyed a game this much. Anyway. <laughs> It's such a fun, a fun anime series. Uh, I, I really love it. It doesn't really have a very deep message, at least so far. But man, is it fun. So anyway, <laughs> that's what I wanted to share with you. And uh, there's one more thing that we need to talk about. And it's got to do with, uh, with books. So let's put on our reading glasses. Why are you wearing glasses? Uh, um, reading. Reading? Mm -hmm. I didn't know you could read. So I'm currently reading a very interesting book about the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's called MCU, MCU, The Reign of Marvel Studios. Um, and I heard about this book on a podcast and I immediately looked it up in my um, Storytel subscription, which is like Audible uh, over here. And uh, the book was there, and nobody had listened to it yet. So I love listening to audiobooks. And so, and this one is really, really well done. And it, it traces the history of what we currently call the MCU. So it goes back to how, where did this come from? Um, how did they get the movie started? And then it goes all the way to today in uh, also explaining why some of those projects are now derailing and how the pandemic played into this, but also how, for instance, one of the things that I've gathered, and this is from the interview, I've read the, the book, I haven't finished reading the book yet, but um, one of the issues that is causing problems both for Star Wars universe and for the Marvel universe is that 
initially, when Disney started to produce these television series, they would hire movie people because they felt, yeah, well, we, we have this very fantastic, you know, success, successful movie franchise for, for both Marvel and Star Wars. Let's just get ask these movie people if they can make a television series. So at least we'll get the same look and feel. And that's what we got. So the early series, I think, were, were very good, both for Star Wars and for, um, for Marvel. But there was one problem. They were, it wasn't television. It was basically a big movie chopped into pieces. One of the series in Star Wars where that is very obvious is, is Obi-Wan. Uh, the Obi-Wan series was originally also planned as a movie, and then they decided to do it as a television series, and it just doesn't work as a TV series. Some of the episodes are like 45 minutes, and there are ones that are like just 25 minutes, and it's so uneven, and, and sometimes it feels a bit too stretched out, and it doesn't work. So there's this guy who actually did um, like a fan edit and, and used all the material from the TV series to turn it back into a movie. And I've watched that edit, and it's so much better than the series, which, again, proves the point that this book is trying to make, that, well, you don't... You, you know, TV is a different type of storytelling, and you need TV people to do that well. Um, and otherwise, just make it and turn it into a movie, or at least do, like, a movie edit of it. I would love it if uh, a Disney would go back to the existing television series and and make some movies out of them. Maybe just redo some of the effects and, I don't know, with some reshoots, you could do actually a pretty decent theatrical release. But as television series, it didn't work. So now, apparently, after the writer's strike is over, um, Disney is actually considering hiring regular showrunners, which is something they didn't want to do uh, originally. But showrunners are, are television people that are, in, in you know, just overseeing the 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 production of a particular television show whereas for instance for marvel it was all kevin feige he did everything and he was just overburdened it was way too much work um and so the quality started to suffer because they were trying to do too much at the same time and quality um went down and and every this is how we got the star the star well both the star wars fatigue and the marvel fatigue it's not that the franchises don't work anymore it's just the stories were kind of bland and uh, especially with the secret invasion series i was like completely done with marvels like this is the worst thing i've ever seen seriously um so hopefully um there will be a reboot and uh, disney because of the strike maybe also after the pandemic and now with you know kind of reorganization of disney um they have to make new choices and i hope it benefits the quality um so uh, I'm eager to to read more about um, the the Marvel, you know, the 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 rise and fall of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because you know we grew up with these movies. We've been watching Marvel movies for more than a decade now, so it's always nice to hear a bit of the backstory because Disney itself is very coy on giving us any details, um, and it's a shame because I I I can imagine that not. A process like this is not always smooth, but it's still for the history of television and media production, it would be good to also hear the things that didn't work out, even the things that may be bad publicity for you. So because the authors of this book did a lot of interviews with people that have worked 
for Disney and in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, they've been able to piece together what happened, even though Disney wouldn't want to, uh, didn't want to collaborate with, uh, with the authors and actually try to prevent people from speaking with them. But I'm very glad this book is around. So with that, it is time to, uh, to wrap things up. Thank you so much. And for those of you that are supporting me as patrons, stick around because um, we still have some extra content. I'm going to talk a bit more about video games and I'll give you my assessment of, on, on whether it's worth getting an Xbox um, and Game Pass Ultimate and a, a Steam Deck if you don't have those. Um, and also talk about what I've learned this week on the internet. All that and more coming up for my patrons in the premium version of The Break. If you would like to listen to those premium versions, it's a very, very easy procedure. Just go to patreon.com slash fatherroderick and just step into the first tier at 250 a month. You cannot even get a cup of coffee for that anymore. So let alone your spice latte, you know, um, pumpkin extravaganza thing. So f- probably for one latte at your favorite coffee store, you can support uh, these podcasts for for three months. <laughs> anyway, what are you waiting for? Now, anyway, glad you were listening, and we'll talk soon. Have a great day, and um, see you next week. Take care, and God bless.